meeting before you, I'll ask you to stand. We'll sing number 611 before our today. I'm not sure about the first hour, but I believe time the second hour rolls around, you all will start to really enjoy it. That's a joke. That is a joke. Uh, good to see everybody here, and uh, happy Memorial Day weekend. As Daniel has already said, I want to echo that. Uh, I, for one, take great pride in the fact that so many people have offered so much that we can be free. And uh, we could start a list right now, and we could start asking people, and we would just come up with just hundreds of people real quick and uh, some of them that paid the ultimate sacrifice for us to be here. We need to appreciate the world we live in and the area we live in and, and I do and I know you do as well. And I'm glad that we take time to celebrate that. Uh, before I get started, I wanted to say that Glenda Baker DeWald is here with me again this weekend. That's her husband Dick as they typically do every Memorial Day weekend and Linda, I love you. I love Dick. I, my whole life, 
there's been Dick and Glenda, and I uh, appreciate y'all coming down. And yesterday, I think there was about 25 of us or something that we wound up uh, at the different cemeteries. And it's a family tradition that we all enjoy. And uh, every time we get together, there's it's a different crowd of people because of sometimes illness, sometimes death. But we're still getting together, and Glenda just lived as long as we can. And uh, I love Dick and Glenda with all my heart. Glenda is just, when I see her, I see her mother, Marietta, and who I love with all my heart. And uh, it just brings back so many happy memories. Think on these things. I've been kind of dis- distressed in the last several months, and maybe you have too, about seem like the bickering and the fussing and the fighting that's going on a lot of times in our world. People arguing about things. And uh, maybe talking about things that they have no control over whatsoever. Most political things, for instance, we have very little control over. We have very little control over. We're one of, what, 350 million people here in the United States. And sometimes we get all wrapped up with problems and issues. I worked with one guy at the post office, and he felt confident that the post office general, postmaster general in Washington, D.C., intentionally sent a lot of mail on any given Saturday to keep him from going to his little boy's softball game. You know, it wasn't the case. Post office is gigantic. It's huge. And they weren't worried about him or his little boy's softball, baseball game or whatever the case. You know what I'm talking about. And he was fussed and afraid about that. And I thought, and I tried to talk to him, that's, that's really not, you're, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. You're worried about something that, that we have no say whatsoever in. And I think sometimes we as people do that. We fuss about things. We have no say. In, and I know we want our country to go in the right direction. We want things to be right morally and things such as that. But sometimes we fuss and whine so much that it's very distracting. And sometimes people will just turn us off. These verses came to mind in the Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Think on these things. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. I think we read that verse sometimes and we maybe read it too hurriedly. We don't really meditate upon it. Paul Remember the story of Paul when he went to Philippi for the first time? He and Silas were jailed for doing a really bad thing. They were preaching the gospel. They were preaching the gospel. That doesn't seem like a jail-worthy offense to me. But they put them in jail. Not only they put them in jail, they cast them into the inner prison. And they put them in stocks. Their feet are fast in stocks. You know what their chances are of getting out? Zero. Zero chances of getting out. And the jailkeeper was a Roman, in charge of that Roman jail. He was charged, whatever these guys are in there for, if they get out, it's on you. Paul and Silas are singing praises at midnight. Earthquake comes. Miraculous. This is a miraculous thing, folks. It's not a regular earthquake. If an earthquake comes, no doors open. All doors are jammed. If all stocks would be even jammed up even tighter. But the stocks pop open, jail doors pop open, the jailer comes in, he's going to kill himself because he knows I'm going to die because all my prisoners escaped. Paul says, wait, wait, 
Don't kill yourself. Don't kill yourself. We're all here. They baptized that man and his family that very night. They were added to the Lord's church that very night. Time has passed. Paul is now in jail in Rome. Why are you in jail in Rome for, Paul? Because he was a Roman citizen and he had the authority and the power as a citizen to appeal his conviction, his death sentence to Rome. And he went to Rome. And it's such a beautiful story we read in in Acts chapter 26. He goes to Rome. But he is writing from jail again. Paul, you're back in jail. And he's writing this. Think about these things. Meditate upon these good things. But Paul, you've been treated horribly. Think about the good things. He didn't tell them about how bad it was in jail. He didn't tell about the food that he had to eat, the whippings or the scourgings he may have got. He didn't mention that. Think about these good things. Folks, this morning, right here, Stanford, Kentucky, May 30th, 2021, we're going to spend just a few minutes and meditate upon some good things. First one is true. Whatsoever things are true. Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. The truth will make you free. This is one of the best quotes I ever heard in my life. St. Augustine said, The truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Let it loose and it'll offend itself. Or as our dear sweet friend who's gone on to her reward, Ann Calloway, said to Crowd Orchard Kentucky, the truth will stand when the world's on fire. Every time I hear that, I think about Ann. But this right here, let it loose. You saw me at the cemetery yesterday. You tell that to everybody in the country. You saw me hugging Glenda and kissing her. You tell it to everybody. Let it run. Because nobody can deny it. Because it happened. Let it loose. The truth is always the truth. Some people would say, well, you don't really know what truth is. Yes, you do. God's Word is truth. God's Word is truth. If you want to know absolute truth, look no further than God's Word. I'll look to the politicians. I'll look to the courthouse. I'll look to... No, look to God's Word. And if the preacher or the teacher is preaching and teaching from God's Word, it can be, it'll be the truth. But examine the preacher or the teacher and say, is that really what the Bible says? And if it's a preacher or teacher tells you something that's not what the Bible says, you better rethink it. You better pay attention to what the truth is. The truth will defend itself. Don't need, if we record these sermons, which we are doing, and someone watches it a hundred years from now, these verses will still be applicable. They will still resonate. It will still be the truth. Because truth never changes. It will defend itself. What about no, noble or nobility? Then the brethren who sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether the things were so, Acts 17, 10, 11. They were more noble than those people in Thessalonica. Why? They searched the scriptures. When the preacher is preaching, you need to look at your Bible. You need to pay attention to what the scriptures say. Because the preacher might be wrong. And the preacher might be misleading. And the preacher might be a bad guy. 
that only wants you to put some money in the plate. It happens, and you know it happens. They searched the Scriptures daily, and that made those people more noble. If we're looking for trying to be noble, I think it'd be a good idea to check the Scriptures. D.L. Moody said, if I take care of my character, my reputation will take care of itself. What about if you act like Jesus and you go about doing good? You think people will see that? What if you don't act like Jesus and you go about doing evil? Or you're always into some sort of mischief. You're always telling some kind of lie. You're always doing something that you shouldn't be doing. Your character, it'll take care of itself. Your reputation will take care of itself. But if you take care of your character, I need to act like a husband because I'm a husband. I need to act like a father or a daddy because I am a father or a daddy. I need to act like a grandfather because I've got a grandson. He looks up to me. And I look up at him. I look at him and I'm about to look at him eye to eye. He, I, I don't ever want Will to say, well, daddy has done this bad thing. And grandpa has done this bad thing. Folks can't have that. Can't have that. What about being just? For we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. We worry too much about getting even or getting back at somebody. Well, I just got to get back at them because they did me wrong. And you know they did me wrong. And everybody knows they did me wrong. I've got to get back at them. I'll show them. I'll say something or I'll do something or I'll lash out. Something, somehow, some way, I'm going to get back to them. Bible says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. There will be a day of reckoning, folks. The judgment day will be the day of reckoning. And Jesus himself will divide the lambs from the goats. Jesus himself, it'll be the fairest judgment that's ever been made. Mankind judges things and oftentimes gets it wrong because mankind is fallible. Jesus is infallible. And whenever Jesus tells me, go away into everlasting punishment, if that's my faith, there's no need to argue. There's no need to fuss. And there won't be any. People will turn and walk away into their judgment. People will know the judgment is real. Vengeance was God's, and he would repay. Jesus says, that, I say this every time I preach, John 12, 48. This is Jesus talking, folks. You've got to pay attention when the words are in read. He who rejects me and does not receive my words, not the preacher's words, my words, what Jesus said, has that which judged him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. What will judge me? What my neighbors thought about me? What my boss said? These awards I've got hanging on my wall? These degrees that I've got from these universities? Nope. Oh, oh, it's how much money I got. That's, that, that's it, money, money. No, not money either. Oh, man. What? The words Jesus spoke. Matthew 25, Jesus spells it out real clear. We'll talk about that in just a little bit more. But Jesus says, these are what you've got to do. We'll talk about that in just a moment. The words that Jesus has spoken. If all you had to worry about is what your neighbor thought about you. Now, I want your neighbor to think good of you. Don't get me wrong. But... Your neighbor's not going to judge you. The banker is not going to judge you. 
Now, he might make some ideas about you, he or she might, when they feel like you don't pay your bills on time. That's not what we're talking about that. But eternal judgment will be made by Jesus. God has turned it over to him. And Jesus will present his church, his people, a glorious people, without spot, without wrinkle, and say this like this. God, these are the people that I died for. These are the people that listen to me and follow my word. These are the people who are worthy of heaven. Not because of how good they were, but for what I've done for them. I want these people to go to heaven. Folks, you better understand what Jesus said, and you better follow You have got to do that. Here's judgment. This is Solomon. This is a, an artist's depiction of Solomon. We know the story. Kids can tell you the story. Two women, two babies, they lived together. One of the ladies, uh, the baby got smothered at night and died. So they go to Solomon, the king, great wisest man the Bible says that ever lived. We need to make a judgment. It's my baby. No, no, it's my baby. No, it's my baby. I guarantee you this is my, no, it's my baby. And Solomon said, bring me a sword. Bring me a sword. We'll cut the baby in half, give you each a half. And the real mama said, oh, she starts screaming and crying, I know. Don't cut the baby in half. Give it to her. Give the baby to her. Don't cut the baby in half. Solomon said, give it to the woman right here. The other woman didn't say anything. Solomon was wild. That's judgment, folks. And that's just man-made judgment. Now, we're going to stand before Jesus the Christ, who was there when the world was spoken to existence, who, G- who God said, He is the head of the church, and in His name, the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. No exceptions to that rule. There's zero exceptions there. You don't think you're going to do it, you're going to do it. You write her down. You can put it in granite. You can put it out here on the town square in granite. You are going to bow your knee and you're going to confess that Jesus is the Christ. And He will judge you for what you've, how you've lived. What about purity? Have you ever went to the store and said, I'm looking for something that's just impure as can be. I want some apples. I want some that's got full of worms. And I want some uh, jelly, but I want it to be... I just want it to be soured. Nobody says that. People go to great lengths to say, this product is pure. This product is pure. I want my wife to be pure. She wants her husband to be pure. We don't want them undefiled. Oh, my wife, she slept with everybody in the country. I'm real proud of that. No, you're not. You're not proud of that. Nobody's proud of that. Therefore, put to death your members which are upon the earth. Fornication uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Colossians 3. Put them to death. Get rid of them. Fornication. Oh, I want to just sleep with everybody. Put that to death. Uncleanness going around being filthy in every aspect of, of, of life. Put that to death. Passion. Don't let your passion overrule you, folks. You can have a political candidate that you like. You can have something that you support. But don't let your passion override your good sense. Keep it pure. Keep your Facebook posts pure. Keep them holy. Don't make, them, don't make a scene. Evil desire. I've known people in my life, and you have too, that seem like all they can think of is what mischief can we get into next? Put that to death, folks. Put that to death. Covetous. Oh, I, I just want what he's got so bad. 
I'll do anything to get hook or crook. I will get that. Put that to death. Those things are idolatry. Because you are putting something else in front of Jesus. God will not have it. And it will not stand. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. There's never been a truer statement made than this. Titus 1.15. People that are Christians, people that are looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of their faith, see good. They have troubles. And they have worries. And they have things that they fret about. And they have problems come to them just as surely as it comes to other people. Those people have the same, but their minds are set on something higher. I'm thinking about heaven. I'm thinking about something down the road. I'm thinking about heaven. That's where my mind and my desires and my thoughts are. Pure thoughts, folks. I can think about all these things out here in the gutter, but I'm going to choose to think about pure things. Think about things that are lovely. Things that are lovely. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns, Isaiah 52, 7. Folks, when you take somebody a a house to house, heart to heart, you take somebody a Bible tract, you take somebody a Bible, or you simply take somebody the good news of Jesus Christ and Him, and him crucified, what greater gift can you give them? Most people we know has already got enough stuff. If you don't believe that, you just check out the storage buildings in this area and just say, what have y'all got in there? Stuff. I've not looked at that for 40 years. But I want to keep paying that rent on that building because that's my stuff that I'm never going to use again. You wouldn't know it if a tornado blew it away and you never saw any of it again, most likely. And I wouldn't either. But it's my stuff. I'm thinking about that. Think about things that are lovely. Things that are lovely. We talked about just a moment ago in Acts chapter 10. Jesus went about doing good. I'm thinking already about the backpack program, okay? I hope Mary is too, and I know she is. Mary says my microphone is dead. Give me rebattery. Maybe turned off. Hang on a second. Testing, testing. Sorry about that. I may have pushed the button accidentally. You know, we got this big belly sometimes. <laughs> sometimes the big belly touches stuff you ain't expecting to. <laughs> And as a living example of that, I'll tell you, it's impossible for a piece of food that falls out of my mouth to hit the floor. <laughs> it can't happen. Okay. I guess maybe the wind was blowing it could. It was a small piece. Sorry about that. Thank you, Mary. I didn't realize it was going on. Think about things that are lovely. Think about the, I'm thinking about the backpack. Mary, you think about the backpack program? The backpack program is something we do here to help little kids that are impoverished have the school supplies that they need. A couple years ago, we had, this, had, had here one little boy out of about 240 put his backpack on. And you know what? He can take it off. He didn't want to take it off when he got in the car. Why? He liked his backpack. He's proud of his backpack. And he had a good backpack loaded down with stuff for school. That's pure, folks. That's lovely, okay? I remember Carolyn 
and me standing out there in my truck and we're handing out ice cold pops, okay? Ron's handing out potato chips. Jimmy and Jill and Jameson are fixing hot dogs, okay? People, people are happy. Is it off again? Yeah, I can change it back. Excuse me. Turn on number one, Mary. Number one on. Number one. Okay, now we got a new new batch. Okay. So a lesser man, that would be a problem. It's not for me. <laughs> I've been embarrassed in front of bigger crowds of this. <laughs> Think about things that are lovely. I apologize for that. Sometimes we have some technical issues. Uh, sometimes. Thank you. What about for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son? That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. John 3, 16. This is, if you want to think about something lovely during your day, you don't have to be very smart to remember this verse. What's lovely? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now you're talking about it's going to put some spring in your step. going to make you have a smile come to your lips. And just remember... You can replace the word word world there with me. For God so loved Shelby Roy that he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved Georgia James, he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved Raymond Steele, he gave his only begotten son. Folks, that's lovely. Wouldn't it be better to think about something like that than something of evil report. What about good report? And these all, after we read in Hebrews chapter 11, the honor roll of faithful people, Noah, Joshua, Moses, Daniel, just one right after another. And these all, they obtained a good report, but they did not receive the promise. Jesus had not come yet. They had a good report. But Jesus just had not come yet. They were looking for Jesus, hoping He's coming, thinking He's coming, believing He's coming, but He had not come yet. Here's the good report. We talked about Matthew 25 minutes ago, the judgment saying, here's the report you want to hear. Not your grades in school, not the report from the doctor. This is the report. His Lord said to him, well done. Good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. That's the only report you need. When you die and leave this world and you are a Christian and you are in the arms of Jesus, that will be the report you get. That's the judgment day scene being described by the judge that will be there. Read Matthew chapter 25. Read it. And Jesus will say, this is what the judgment scene will be like. And folks, that's the only good report you need. What about virtue? 2 Peter 5-8 through tells us what virtue is. But also for this very reason, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue. 
to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge is self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you are seeking virtue, learn about Jesus. Because Jesus is the absolute personification of good. Well, I'd like to be a better person. I think I'm going to study a little bit more about Jesus. I'd like to be kinder. I think I'm going to be like, try to be more like Jesus. I want to be more honest. Jesus, yeah, I'm going to go with Jesus. Well, I know a guy over here, he seemed like a pretty good fella. But I think I'd rather be like Jesus. Pattern your lives after Jesus. Call yourself a Christian because you are Christ-like. You go about doing good. You go about being a virtuous and good person. People, the Bible tells us, people that know you, they, it, it's foolish for them to even try to say something bad about you because they know it can't hold up. Let your reputation be one of virtue. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. Titus 2.7. Folks, if we're doing anything in this congregation to bring notoriety to Kevin Robbins or Shelby Roy Hopkins, you cancel it as fast as you can. Amen, Kevin. You cancel it as fast as you can. We know we're not doing it to bring notoriety to Kevin or Shelby or, or Virgil Horseman. No, sir. We are doing the things that we're doing to bring notoriety and acclaim and to Jesus our Christ. Amen. We are doing it to bring notoriety to Jesus. We are pointing to Jesus. Anything that comes, what stands for Church of Christ is a good thing. All the glory goes to Jesus. That's all we care about. That's all we care about. You're going to make a lot of money out of that deal? We don't worry about money. We are laying the treasure up in heaven. We want to be in heaven. And that's exactly what we're going to do. If there's anything praiseworthy, and in that day, you will say, praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his deeds among the people. Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth, Isaiah 12, 4 and 5. Praise the Lord. Call upon his name. I've told you about the friend of mine that would, he and I would go hiking. And we'd wake up in the morning and we'd take off down the trail. We'd have a prayer. We'd take off down the trail. And he always walked behind me and he'd say, thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. And it may not have been so beautiful. And we were walking and it was hard. We were sweaty and we stunk because we had a bath for two or three days. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. You can offer praise even if you're stinking. I can attest that. You can offer praise even if you smell bad. You can offer praise even if you're shoveling manure in a barn stable. I've done that. Several of y'all have done that. You can offer praise to God if you're carrying concrete, can't you? Can't you build or, or blocks or bricks? You can, whether you're driving a truck, Kevin, Josh, you guys can offer praise. Maybe even if you're digging a ditch, can't you, Ben? Think about things that are praiseworthy. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Amen. From the rising of the sun it don't matter. You say, well, I'll go that way. You don't have to praise God. Go that way. Maybe you don't have to. No. Praise it over there. Praise it here. And praise it to where the sun sets. Finally, brethren, 
Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are noble. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue. If there be any praise. Think on these things or meditate on these things. Put your mind there on good things. Wholesome things. Pure, virtuous, lovely, praiseworthy. Think truthful things. There's where your mind needs to be. And I pray that's where your mind will always be. Meditate upon the good things. And if you do, there's no room for the bad things to come. They get deflected. They get pushed aside. And we do this because we are new creatures. Galatians 2.20 I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, yet not I, Christ liveth in me. And thy life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Why are you doing this? For fame, for fortune, for notoriety, for acclaim? No. I'm doing it for Jesus, who loved me and died for me. And just as we said a moment ago, he loves you and died for you as well. He wants nothing more than for you to acknowledge him as, as your Savior. Come forward, repent, confess, be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Jesus, the Lord, will add you to his church. And you can work out your salvation with fear and trembling for every day that you're given upon the earth. If you've fallen away from these virtuous conduct, come back. We will pray for you and with you. Please, if you have any need whatsoever, please come as we stand and sing. Have thine affections been held to the cross? Is thy heart